0: The God of all eternity wants to have a relationship with you, but there's a purpose for that relationship.
1: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now, here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth.
0: I entitled this message, Missing Home. Have you ever been homesick? Maybe you were able to take a really long vacation because I don't think anyone gets homesick after a week vacation. We're like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to work. But it's when you have that extended vacation, one that you planned on and dreamed on for a long time. But again, after a couple weeks goes by, There comes that moment when you're actually starting to miss home. This has happened to me on a number of occasions, like the time we were doing a harvest crusade down in Australia. It's beautiful down there. The climate is very similar to us, except they have kangaroos. Kangaroos are so cool. They're like, you know, there's like three different sizes of them. They have all different names. They're all kangaroos to me, but whatever. But it's like the medium-sized ones, you know. They're about this tall, you know. And, and they're like dogs. I mean, they come to you. They play. I mean, it's like I told my wife, if we ever move to Australia, we're no longer having dogs. We're having a kangaroo, you know. But uh, they're fun. And then also, when I was down there, we were ministering on this college campus down there in uh, Wollongong. And I'm walking around and it's like all these birds and it's kind of, you're just used to a bunch of birds and everything on campuses. You know, you think they're either seagulls or they're pigeons, right? But all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, they're red, red. And I'm like, wait a second. Those are all parrots, (laughs) like macaws. I mean, they're just groups of them, just everywhere. They're just wild. They're just there, you know, just like, okay, I'm not used to seeing that, you know. But after being there for like 10 days in Australia doing the crusade, then we flew over to New Zealand. We were doing some work there also. I sent the majority of the group back, and uh, we were in New Zealand for another week. Now, the first few days, we were just traveling around, kind of checking out the North Island, uh, you know, New Zealand's two islands. We're on the North Island. It was beautiful also. There's certain parts of New Zealand that have a mixture of Northern California and Hawaii. It's kind of like forest and tropics all meet together. And it, it, it's crazy, but it is so cool. Because your brain's kind of like, wait, I'm used to seeing Northern California. I'm used to seeing like Hawaii. I'm just not used to seeing them all together, you know, and a very beautiful place. Uh, So there I was in paradise, you could say, but yet I was getting homesick. I wanted to get back to my wife and my family. I did have my youngest daughter Mary with me on that particular trip, but I missed my wife. I missed her home cooking. You know, let me tell you about Australia. Eating food there is like eating a styrofoam cup. It's like, hey, could you put some flavor in this stuff here? Okay, it's like, hey, come on now. Anyway, I wanted to sleep in my own bed. Yes, we were serving the Lord. We led many to Christ. But it's always nice to go home. Although some of you are thinking, with this never-ending pandemic, I'll trade L.A. for paradise any time, and I won't be homesick for this place. Okay, I get that. But anyway, as we continue in this study through the book of Genesis, we're going to see Jacob really getting homesick. And let's not forget, God had a plan for Jacob from the beginning. In fact, God had told his mother, Rebecca, that Jacob would be the heir of the promise way back when Jacob was still in her womb. So the promise that was given to his grandfather Abraham, the promise that was passed on to his father Isaac, God told Rebekah, oh, the promise is going to pass on here to Jacob, making what David said in Psalm 139 a total reality. Now, Psalm 139.13 13 says, you formed me in my inward parts. You wove me together in my mother's womb. You know, science has told us now that that life starts at conception. You say, well, when does science tell us that? Well, listen, from the time of conception, when the little tadpole gets into the egg. Okay, you guys know the birds and the bees, right? Anyway, so it's like from that moment, four and a half weeks later, they can detect a heartbeat of that baby inside of a womb. Four and a half weeks from the time that the little tadpole slips in to the egg incredible but true he goes on in psalm 139 verse 16 and says and in thy book were written all the days that were ordained for me so god's like while he's forming you while your heart is starting to beat four and a half weeks from conception while that heart is beating god says i knew all of your days before you ever came out of the womb before you ever had your first day i knew all of your days wow So maybe our birthday should be all the way back then, not on the day we're actually born. I guess that's why they call it the birthday. But we were alive before that. And God already had a purpose and a plan for us. But how would Jacob be able to escape from his father-in-law Laban? He's already worked for him now at this point, some 20 years. And he hasn't saved any money. Why? Why? Because his father in law Laban was totally manipulating Jacob. He's deceived him into working 14 years alone for his wife Rachel. As you remember, he worked seven years for what he thought was Rachel. But Laban, his father-in-law, the dog, did the old switcheroo on the wedding night, and he gave the unattractive older sister Leah to Jacob instead of the beautiful younger sister Rachel, who Jacob had made the deal and worked seven years for, which Laban said, well, I'm sorry, in our land we have to marry off the older sister first before the younger sister. This should warn all men not to get drunk on their wedding night. For Jacob didn't realize what had happened until the next morning. He went in and consummated his marriage to what ended up being the wrong woman. You talk about the worst hangover ever, waking up. Oh, yes, sweetheart. Yeah. Hi, Sugar Muffin. Okay, anyway. So Jacob had worked for Laban for free for 14 years just to pay for his two wives. He only wanted one, but he got two, seven years for Leah that he never wanted, and seven years for Rachel, who he loved. And now it appears, after a few more years have gone by, that Jacob is done with his father-in-law and his current living conditions. He now is totally homesick to his homeland. So let's pick up where we left off last time. As you remember, Rachel sought the Lord and God opened her womb and she bore the first baby to Rachel. Now, Leah's already had like six kids, but she named him Joseph. This was an obvious uh, answer to prayer in the midst of the extreme jealousy of Leah bearing Jacob's six children. But now as we move on, we will consider three points in light of our title, missing home. Number one. Wanting to leave. We've all had that feeling. Get me out of (laughs) here. I just want to leave. You know what it's like when you get to that point. It's like, you just want to go. Number two, having insights. Wow, what a great thing it is when we as believers get a little injection from the Lord and he gives us insight on something. He gives us the inside scoop so we can make a great deal, business deal, or whatever. And number three, heading home. Boy, there's time, to, man, it's time to go, and we're getting out of here. But let's consider our first point, wanting to leave, as we read together, picking up in Genesis chapter 30, from where we left off last time, we'll pick up in verse 25. It says, now it came about when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, his father-in-law, send me away.'" that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, and let me depart, for you yourself know my service which I have rendered to you. But Laban said to him, Oh, settle down, son. If now it pleases you, stay with me. Oh, did you just not hear anything he just said? Stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. He continued, name your wages. Man, he's having this poor kid work for him for free for 20 years. (laughs) He's like, name your wages, and I'll give it to you. But he said to him, you yourself know that I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me, meaning they've massively multiplied. Verse 30, for you had little before I came, and it has increased to a multitude, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide For my own household also. Hey, I've blessed you beyond measure. What about me, pops? What about me? It's going on 20 years since Jacob ran away from his home after deceiving his father Isaac and his older brother Esau, which was only older by like one second. But nonetheless, he was the older brother. He came out first. And now his older brother wanted to kill him because he was deceived by Jacob. Jacob. So Rebecca, because knowing that Esau wanted to kill her favorite, you know, uh, uh, little son, uh, Jacob, she convinced her husband Isaac to send Jacob away, back to where she was born to find a wife and also to spare the life from his brother killing him, okay? And so, so anyway, he's now come to the point, though, Jacob has, where he's just done. He's just done. So he approaches his father-in-law Laban and says, you know, hey, Pops, man, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Just send me away. Give me my wives and my children. I'm going back to my country and to my people. Well, when Laban heard that, he wasn't excited about that news. For he's been, you know, he's thinking to himself, self, (gasps) don't let this kid go. Because ever since Jacob came into your life, you know, you've been living on easy street. First, you know, uh, I've gotten to work for free for 20 years, and that was pretty good. And, and now, all that free labor has turned into me increasing my personal wealth by leaps and bounds. Yes, Laban recognized the obvious. The hand of God was on Jacob, and everything he touched seemed to turn to gold, per se. Yes, ever since Jacob came onto the scene in Laban's life, his financial portfolio, that's Laban's, of course, has dramatically increased. And he was not about to let him go. So he tells his son-in-law in verse 27 and 28, No, son, settle down. Stay with me. Don't move away, and you can name your price. I'll go ahead and pay you whatever wages you want. Could you imagine if that happened to you? Think about it. What if your boss came up to you and he said, I've been watching you very closely here on the job, and I've seen your hard work. I have seen your dedication to this company. So name your raise. I will pay you whatever you want. Maybe you're thinking, that would never happen to me. Well, it happened to me. <laughs> so I remember going in. I was in the union. I, I, I was working harder than anybody else. I worked, I was laying floors at the time. I was working for the biggest floor covering company in the United States. They had 110, 120 installers, and I was one of them. And the boss would have every work order. It's like, this is how much the job pays. This is how much labor it costs us to get that job installed, and this is the profit. I had the highest profit margin than anyone in the company, double most people. And so I just was telling my wife, hey, why don't you pray for me? I'm going to go, and I'm going to talk to the boss today about getting a raise over union scale. It's something that's not really done. A union scale is union scale. That's what you make. But I'm like, I'm going to ask for a little extra. And so my wife's like, what are you going to ask for? I said, I'm going to ask for a dollar an hour over union scale. She's like, all right, I'll be praying for you today. So I went in, talked to the boss. He's like, you want me to pay you over union scale? Uh, yes. That's basically what I'm here for. (laughs) And so he gets up. He doesn't ask me how much I want. He goes in, he talks to my supervisor. He comes back and he goes, all right, you got it. So I went home and my wife's like, did you get the dollar an hour over scale? I go, no. She goes, did you get 50 cents an hour? No. She goes, well, what did you get? I go, not one, not two, not three, but four bucks an hour, count them, four bucks an hour over scale. And she's just like, yes, you know. I mean, it's just like everything changed. Trust me, in our household that day, everything changed. But it was like, what a blessing. So it could happen. But understand, this is not as crazy as it might sound, you know, for a couple of different reasons for Jacob. Number one, first of all, Jacob had the blessing hand of God in his life. Back in chapter 28, if you remember, Jacob had a dream and God confirmed his hand on Jacob's life. God had promised the same promise again that he made to his grandfather, Abraham, and to his father, Isaac. And it was simply this, that God was going to give Jacob all the promised land along with all the blessings to all of Jacob's descendants. This is before he had one kid. This is before he ever laid eyes on Rachel. Yes, this was a huge changing point in Jacob's life. It's like the lights came on for the very first time. I wonder if this has happened to you. Has this happened in your relationship with God, where you have come to that place where you realize that your relationship with God has very little to do with religion? And it has everything to do with two things, relationship and purpose. See, there's two things. It's this relationship and purpose. See, religion is just religion. You just come, you do your religious duty, you go. But with God, it has nothing to do with religion. It's a, okay, I want to have a relationship with you. The God of all eternity wants to have a relationship with you, number one. But there's a purpose for that relationship. It's not just, oh God, I need I need this, and God, I need this, and oh Lord, and I need this, and can you do this for me? And Lord, can this No, it's not all about that. Now, obviously, even as Pastor Shannon shared earlier, Psalm fifty five twenty, you know, talking about casting all of our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. So God does want us to cast our cares upon him. So it's not that we can't go to him with our issues. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to be a vessel of honor for God here on this side of heaven. Yes, it's a a relationship and it's a purpose. Yes, number one, first Jacob had this blessing hand and this relationship that was developing inside of him, all of this. It was huge in his life. But I wonder if you realize how much purpose you have. See, because number two, it's purpose. We are called God's children. You are called the son of God, the daughter of God for a reason. I love that verse. It's in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. We're called to know God. We are called to worship him, but do not forget, we are called to serve him. It was C.S. Lewis that said this quote, the church exists for nothing else, but to draw men to Christ, to make them little Christ or Christian, which means little Christ or Christ-like. He says, if we're not doing that, then all the churches, the cathedrals, the clergy, The pastors, the missions, the sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became a man for no other purpose. He came to this world that sinners could be saved, that people could know him. I came and died so that the lost could be found. That's why he came. We're to continue that work that God has started. It was Curry R. Blake that said this quote, If your gospel isn't touching others... It hasn't touched you. That's something to think about. Yes, we are called because God loves us, and he desires a relationship with us. Yes, he does. But we are also been given the great opportunity to serve him. Think about that for a moment. God desires to use us to bring others into an eternal relationship with him. This is why every pursuit we seek after in life, Never satisfies for long. Have you found that out? It's like we're constantly seeking after new hobbies, pursuits, adventures, this, that, whatever, you know, and it's okay to do those things. But because we were created to serve God, it's like that has to be first. See, it doesn't mean that you quit your current employment. It just means that in the midst of your current employment, that you look at it as a mission field. I think about so many of you here at CORE that serve in this church and make this church the church that it is. You serve in the children's ministry, you serve in the parking lot, you serve in the sound department, the lights, the worship in some capacity, ushering, bookstore, so many other things. I mean, we do live stream services that are being broadcast around the world. It's like we have cameramen. We have all the people that it takes to make all of this happen. It's a lot of people that makes it happen. And it's like, why? So that we can be a light that God desires to shine in in this great city of Los Angeles, but also all over where we broadcast, which is everywhere. And because of your sacrifice, those that serve here at this church, because of your time and resources that you give here every week, we see new faces, people that drive by, people that listen on our radio program or watch our live stream, and they come and they want to check it out. People that you invite. They can come because we know that there's a God in heaven that loves them, right? That's what we know. You know, speaking of there's a God in heaven that loves them. So my son-in-law calls me. He's married to my youngest daughter, Mary. And him and my son-in-law, Jason Powell, they have both moved back to Montgomery, Alabama to start a church. So I said, all right. Get out there, find a building. You got to get a building, you know. And he's been working with the Southern Baptist Convention. They're telling him, oh, no, you got to get a home Bible study. You can't just go start a church somewhere. He goes, well, my father in law did. That's what he did. He just went to LA and started a church. And they go, well, you don't do it that way. And I'm like, well, don't listen to them. Go start a church, <laughs> you know. So, anyway, so a couple of weeks. And then he calls me and he shows me, sends me a video. They got this building they're looking at and it's not zoned right. It has to be rezoned. And I'm like, well, This is where you're going to see the hand of God move, son. You just got to start walking. You want to see God move? Then start just putting yourself out there. And so, you know, so he goes, okay. So this is what he tells me on on Friday. It was just so great because I'm listening to this. You know, I'm driving back from Riverside. I had to go to Riverside on Friday, so I'm driving back. And I'm just, I'm I'm loving this. So it has to get it rezoned. So he takes his paperwork that the guy that owns the building that he wants to rent. He goes into the the city hall and he walks in and the gal's like, what are you doing in here? Well, I had this paperwork, and I wanted to, you know, I know that they only meet like once a month, and then it, it takes like a month for them to decide on rezoning. And She's like, you can't be in here. It's like, well, I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to bring it up. You're supposed to mail it to us. And she's just you know, snapping at him. And he just says, excuse me, ma'am. And she's like, what? Uh, c- can I just share something with you? And she's like, oh you, oh, you know it's coming. And she goes, what? When's the last time someone told you there's a God in heaven that loves you? She takes off her mask. She goes, what did you say? And she's <laughs> like, I said, when's the last time someone told you that there's a God in heaven that loved you? He came to this earth. He died for your sin. And you can have hope and joy in him. And and she's just looking. She goes, I've never had someone tell me that. She goes, let me see your paperwork. (laughs) So so she's looking. She goes, so what do you want anyway? He goes, well, we have to get this rezoned. Like, you think you can just walk in here and get this rezoned? You have to have a meeting. And the thing only meets once a month. And the committee has to come together. I'm like, well, I know. Tell me what I have to do. And so she picks up the phone. James, can you come down here? Okay, hangs up the phone. Here comes the elevator. James comes walking out. How you doing, sir? Uh, hey, when's the last time someone told you there's a God in heaven that loves you? <laughs> okay. And so he goes, let me see your paperwork. What do you want to do? Yeah. Well, this has to go through the committee. This has to do this. And he goes, it's going to cost $10,000 for you to change and all this. He goes, oh, he goes, let me see all this. And he goes and gets in the elevator, goes back upstairs. So then he goes back to witnessing to the one gallon. And he's just, she's just witness, witness, witness. When James comes back in like 15 minutes, he goes, all right, here you go. He goes, all right, so what, what do I need to do? And he goes, it's done. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I'm the head of the committee. I just rezoned it. <laughs> he goes, he goes so, so he goes, you mean it's rezoned? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, is it $10,000? He goes, no, I waived the fee. So then he goes, but you're not out of the woods. You have to have the fire department come in. You have to have a, uh, the building inspectors come in. And so so he goes, okay, so you got to call this girl and then, you know, whatever. And so he calls this Shirley girl. And then so Shirley, you know, uh, she's not there. He leaves a message. She calls him back. So she's like, hi, how's it going? You know, I need to get this. And I have to get this, you know, building inspector out in the fire. She goes, well, those, those guys are like 60 days out. Uh, before we go on any farther, can I ask you something? <laughs> She God in heaven loves you. And he came to this earth. He died for your sins on the cross. And she goes, I'm a Christian. I go, no one's ever told me about Jesus. We need to know more people telling people about Jesus in this city. She goes, how does Monday sound? Monday? Like Monday in March? She goes, no. I put you to the top of the list.
1: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app, available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California 90034.